0: This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Julia Jeske. Each week I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Town Night Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as The Proud Boys. All right, why am I doing this bonus episode? I just did a podcast yesterday for my regular weekly viewing. Something big happened last week and on Fox News, and I just felt that I'd be letting you down as my audience if I didn't cover it. So what happened last week? is normally I cover 15 hours and then compare it to five hours of PBS news hour. But last week there was a January six committee hearing and those take a lot of my time. So I decided, you know what i as I normally do when I have a January six committee hearing, I just do 10 hours. So I do Hannity and Tucker cause they're the most likely to talk about the January six committee hearing. That's what I did. Everything was going according to plan. And then this huge story dropped and the story involved Jesse waters, prime time. So on Friday, I captured all five hours for the week. And this weekend I watched analyzed and broke down the entire story and then did a ton of research to connect all the dots and figure out what was going on with the story. This is a doozy. It involves a 10 year old who was pregnant, who received a legal abortion. Her mother took her across state lines. It's got a lot of press and Jesse waters was not the only person in the far right or right wing to question this story. Now, the second thing that I'm going to tell you before I get into this is the newsletter does not include any media. It's all written. And that's because I'm using very short clips that wouldn't really make a ton of sense on YouTube standing, al- standing alone. So I thought, you know what? I'll just quote it. And if people want to hear the media, they can listen to the podcast. These are direct quotes pulled from transcripts. So either way, you're going to get the same story. And for the first time ever, instead of my doing my usual extemporaneous style, I'm going to read from a script because there are so many moving parts in this. That I don't want to miss a single detail. So, buckle up, here we go. <sighs> Monday. Jesse Waters prime time tonight. The story of a ten-year-old rape victim. The duration of the first segment was ten minutes and forty seconds. Waters started the week with a breakdown of the story of this ten-year-old rape victim who had to cross state lines to receive a legal abortion. One minute, 10 seconds into the segment, Waters slapped a photo of the abortion provider, Dr. Kaylin Bernard, up on a screen. Before the segment was finished, he'd use her name 11 times. Waters then featured a montage of reporters discussing the story on various news outlets.
1: The liberal media then shoved this story in the faces of pro-life Republican governors.
0: HE THEN SHOWED A BRIEF EXCHANGE BETWEEN DANA BASH OF CNN AND GOVERNOR Christy NOEM OF SOUTH DAKOTA. IN THE CLIP, GOVERNOR NOEM NEVER REALLY ANSWERS THE QUESTION OVER WHETHER OR NOT SHE THOUGHT THE CHILD SHOULD HAVE RECEIVED AN ABORTION. THEN WATERS jumps TO A POINT GOVERNOR NOEM HAD ALSO MADE.
1: WHY ISN'T ANYBODY TALKING ABOUT BRINGING THE CHILD RAPIST TO JUSTICE?
0: HE THEN GOES INTO THE links HE CLAIMS FOX NEWS HAD GONE TO VERIFY THE STORY. WITHOUT KNOWING MUCH OF ANYTHING, WATERS GOES INTO A SERIES OF ASSUMPTIONS, CLAIMING
1: BUT WE QUICKLY FOUND OUT THAT AUTHORITIES IN OHIO HAVEN'T EVEN BEGUN A CRIMINAL INVESTIGATION INTO THE RAPE.
0: WATERS THEN CITED AN ARTICLE FROM THE WASHINGTON POST THAT HAD SIMILAR MISGIVINGS ABOUT THE VALIDITY OF THE ACCOUNT. THIS WAS ESPECIALLY SOMETHING TO SEE AS FOX NEWS NORMALLY DERIDES THE PAPER AS BEING FAKE NEWS OR THE POLITICAL ARM OF JEFF BEZOS, THE BILLIONAIRE FOUNDER OF AMAZON. He then claimed Fox News had reached out to the following. Number one, the governor of Ohio. I'm not sure how his office would know the details about a sexual crime committed against a minor. Number two, the attorney general of Ohio. Now this source was a far better one to contact, but crimes against juveniles and sexual crimes in general are treated differently in the criminal justice system. Great care is taken to shield the identity, not just of child victims, but also minor aged suspects. And the third one, all abortion clinics in Ohio. Contacting abortion clinics was a complete waste of time. Abortion clinics wouldn't be able to divulge any information about any patient without violating HIPAA privacy laws. There's also no indication, based on the details of the story, that the mother took her child to an abortion clinic in Ohio. The original story only stated that the referral for the abortion came from a doctor who specialized in child abuse. Six minutes into the segment, the photo of the abortion provider, Dr. Bernard, is back up on the screen. Waters then shows a clip of Dr. Bernard from an appearance on MSNBC from the previous week. Waters then claims Fox reached out to Dr. Bernard and she basically said she had nothing more to share. The Fox News host made a huge leap and claimed the doctor.
1: In fact, Bernard has a history of not reporting abuse cases to the
0: police. Now Waters did not give any specifics to back up that claim. Waters then quoted the Washington Post again to back his insinuations that this story might be bogus. The next villain in Waters' segment was the Indianapolis Star, the original source of the story. Waters claimed the paper had been accused of inaccurate reporting in the past, but gave no details. Again, a Fox News primetime anchor accused another media outlet of reporting inaccurate information. This is the same network that reached a settlement with the family of Seth Rich after promoting a baseless conspiracy theory about his death four months. Nine minutes, 52 seconds into the segment. Waters puts the photo of the abortion doctor back on the screen again. At the conclusion of the segment, Waters insinuates that the doctor is somehow covering up the rape or that the entire story could be a politically motivated hoax. All told, in the 10 minute and 40 second segment, the abortion provider appeared on the screen for a total of two minutes or roughly 19% of the airtime. On Tuesday, during a segment on the border crisis, Fox News personality Rachel Campos Duffy made a passing statement. Also, you saw them last week, you know, with this fake story about this 10-year-old and the rape. Wednesday, duration of segment, five minutes and 45 seconds. This time, an image of Dr. Bernard was used on the screen about 52% of the airtime. The image of the rape suspect was used only 30 seconds. So. The image of the abortion provider appeared six times longer than the rape suspect. Waters started with a breaking news segment led by Trace Gallagher of Fox News. Gallagher revealed that the rape suspect, Gershon Fuentes, had been arrested, was given a $2 million bond, and was an undocumented immigrant. Gallagher then brought up Dr. Bernard, and her name was plastered on the screen again
1: and was cared for by Dr. Caitlin Bernard who apparently leaked the girl's story to the Indianapolis Star Tribune during an abortion rights protest. Dr. Bernard is now facing a HIPAA violation for sharing the story.
0: Gallagher also claimed that Dave Yost, attorney general of Ohio, cited that there was a emergency medical exception for abortions for pregnancies past six weeks.
1: But the Ohio attorney general says Ohio's abortion law has a medical emergency protection clause that would have allowed the girl to remain in state.
0: I'm not sure how this was relevant, as it's not illegal to drive your own daughter past state lines to see a doctor. Yost was making a leap that the mother wouldn't have faced backlash from any number of health care workers if she tried to get treatment for her daughter in Ohio. How would they know that this case met the medical emergency exception? Gallagher also brought up a detail that the Columbus police were notified of the rape on June 22nd. He abruptly switched gears and brought up that Franklin County is a sanctuary jurisdiction and that the suspect's immigration status had something to do with this crime. He completely negated the fact that the child and her mother might also be undocumented. After the breaking news segment, Waters claimed his coverage of the story is what led to the arrest of the rapist. This is moments after Gallagher revealed the police were notified of the crime on June 22nd. I'm going to go through a brief timeline. June 22nd, the rape was reported to police by a confidential referral by Franklin County Children's Services after receiving a report from the child's mother. June 24th, the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. A federal judge lifted an injunction on a previous Ohio law, which immediately restricts abortion to six weeks. June 29th, mother and daughter travel to Indianapolis for consultation for the child's abortion. June 30th, legal abortion performed. Records show Dr. Bernard reported the procedure to state officials as required by law. July 1st. The story is reported by the Indianapolis Star. July 2nd. Genetic material is taken from the abortion for DNA testing. July 6th. The child identifies Fuentes as the man who raped her. Police get a search warrant for a DNA sample from Fuentes. July 8th. President Joe Biden mentions the case during a speech. July 11th, Jesse Waters' primetime does first segment on the rape. July 12th, warrant served by police. Fuentes arrested for the crime. Fuentes confessed to raping the girl at least twice. July 13th, Jesse Waters tries to take credit for the arrest of the alleged rapist. Okay, at this point, there's no public information regarding the DNA in this case. The confession from Fuentes was enough to charge him with the crime. If this process was already started nearly a month prior, the premise that a prime time show that aired on 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time would lead to an arrest the next day is wholly unbelievable. Waters then intimates that the subject's immigration status may have played a hand in the cover-up. What cover-up is he talking about? The crime was reported, evidence was collected, and the man was charged with the crime. Again, with any crime involving minors, steps were taken to protect the identity of the victim. Two minutes into this segment, Waters goes back to Dr. Bernard. Her image is now framed with the words, failure to report. Waters then makes a series of assumptions that the doctor did not report the crime or the abortion. The second half of this segment is dedicated to the Indiana Attorney General, Todd Rokita. Rokita immediately blames Biden's immigration policies, Which is odd again, because the mother and her daughter might also be undocumented immigrants and the sexual assault of minors is not unique to any demographic or citizenship status. Three minutes, 22 minutes into the segment, Dr. Bernard's image is put back on the screen again. Rakita goes into a rant of sorts where he claims the abortion provider could be guilty of a number of various crimes and possibly lose her license. He offers no proof whatsoever that the doctor has committed any crime. He then makes an incredibly bizarre turn and brings up Marxism.
1: This is a horrible, horrible scene caused man, caused by Marxists and socialists and those in the White House who, don't, who want lawlessness at the border. And then this girl was politicized, politicized for the gain of killing more babies, right? That was the goal. And this...
0: The segment ends with Rokita vowing to seek justice against the abortion provider. The abortion Dr. Bernard performed was completely legal. It was also most likely administered via medication, given that the child was only six weeks pregnant. Thursday, duration of segment, four minutes. Dr. Bernard's image is not used on the screen. An image of the alleged rape suspect is on the screen for most of the segment. Waters opened his segment with a montage of other reporters commenting on the arrest of the suspect, then expressed his outrage that no one mentioned the man's immigration status. Waters then quotes Glenn Kessler of the Washington Post, who discovered Fuentes had immigrated to the U.S. seven years ago. Waters then shows an image of former President Barack Obama and decides to blame Biden anyway, since Biden was the vice president at the time. Waters then brought up two unrelated crimes, where he claimed Daryl Brooks Jr., the man who drove into a parade in Washita, Wisconsin, was a black nationalist. This is despite authorities stating there was no political motivation to his crime. Waters then claimed Frank James, a man who shot several people on the New York City subway, had racial motivations in his attack. Waters left out, of course, that James seemed to hate all racial groups, including his own. Both of these cases were supposed to represent how other media companies left out details and other crimes out of a sense of wokeness. The next pivot was to an archive clip of former President Donald J. Trump's infamous speech at the start of his 2016 presidential campaign about how undocumented immigrants were rapists.
1: They're not sending their best. They're not sending you, they're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists.
0: I noticed that Waters edited a slight portion of the original quote that included the word Mexico. The alleged rapist in this case is from Guatemala, then In the most depressing turn that even I didn't see coming, Waters used a media clip from the Spanish language network Telemundo, where a reporter accosted the mother of the rape victim through a crack in her door. Although the entire exchange was in Spanish, a translation revealed that the mother defended the alleged rape suspect. Sadly, this is not that uncommon as the suspect shared an address with the mother and was most likely her intimate partner. She could very well still be manipulated by this man and in deep denial of how her daughter was abused. There was no reason any reporter should have tracked her down as revealing the mother's identity could easily reveal the daughter's and both of them might also be undocumented immigrants. The Telemundo reporter then revealed that the mother did not file charges against the suspect. This alone could have caused the delay in reporting the rape and arresting, questioning, and then charging the suspect. Waters did not break this case. This is how Waters ended the final segment of this absolute horror show that he thrust upon his audience.
1: So the question is, do they have the right guy, or is the mother covering it up? And what's her immigration status? That we don't know. What also doesn't make any sense is, why is this 10-year-old girl, why did she even cross state lines for an abortion when Ohio could have legally terminated the pregnancy due to a medical exception? She wasn't forced. She didn't ever need to go to Indiana. Why does this story keep changing, and why doesn't it make any sense And why are all these details trickling in the more and more we dig?
0: The story actually didn't change. A 10-year-old rape victim was given a legal abortion in a neighboring state. That core part of the story remained the same. More details fleshed it out, but ultimately nothing about the original reporting changed. This was not journalism, this was an attempt to gaslight and mislead the Fox News audience while intimidating a doctor who provided a legal abortion to a minor aged victim. There will be more stories like this. Last year, there were 52 reported abortions performed on girls under the age of 15 in Ohio. That's about one a week in only one state. What Waters may not have realized Is that even the most ardent supporters of abortion bans still want exceptions for fourth grade rape victims in a recent pew poll 73 percent of americans think there should be a legal abortion exception for rape and incest victims waters treatment of the story was irresponsible and reckless jesse waters got his start while working for bill o'reilly Waters' main job was to interview people on the street and obnoxiously accost various politicians and other public figures. He's best known for a racist segment filmed in Chinatown. I have no faith that Fox will steer clear of future stories like this one. I would hope that basic human decency would prevent them from nearly doxing a 10-year-old rape victim. But there seems to be no bottom. So that's the bonus podcast for this week, um, and I really, I'm glad I did it, even though it was very difficult to watch that smarmy eyebrowed face freak show just be so mean and nasty to an abortion provider who did absolutely nothing wrong, and who in the right mind thinks a 10-year-old should be giving birth to a rapist baby, especially. I mean, just, oh my, it, I, this story so next up on my calendar and you're gonna hear my accent on this number i always laugh when i hear myself say the number eight because i sound very missouri but um is january 6 committee hearing day eight i'm trying very hard to sound like i'm from the east coast day eight eight instead of eight eight which is from Missouri. Anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. If you are new, and I, I normally talk like this on my podcast, I don't sound so stilted, but it was there's so much technical stuff in that I had to get it out. And um, I will be back. We'll probably have a I'll probably have a podcast on Friday to cover the January 6th hearing. Thank you so much. There's a Patreon if you want to help out. Uh, Thor and Odin send their love. My cats, and that's about it. Thank you so much.